there are many sayings in the endurance world like nothing new on race day seconds in the end become minutes in the second half which means you know you go out a little bit too fast at the beginning you'll be paying for it dearly towards the end but of course the ultra world has some other sayings that aren't used quite so much in other distance events like the ultra world says beware of the chair meaning that when you're in an ultra marathon don't sit down because you might never get back up it's definitely a lot harder and i definitely see that when i've crewed and paced 100 mile races mile 75 80 people will sit down lay down and then never get back up except for the fact that like if you actually t make them like say okay you can like sit down for five minutes and take a five minute nap it's amazing how much a five minute nap will help you of course another big one is to have a really good why when you're out there you need to have a why often to ask people people ask me you know up to 50 miles you can you know even with a 50 mile or a marathon you have to have a good why but obviously beyond 50 miles you need to have a why it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but yourself and oftentimes it needs to be more than just to impress friends or get the finishing buckle but that could be your why but you definitely need a why coming off of last week's success sarah hall was interviewed by the new york times and, you know and she just ran 220 so this year she went 222 at london for second place and then won the marathon project in 220 so phenomenal performances in her later 30s and in the article she says when you fail a lot, your why becomes really strong. And that would definitely be the case in terms of with her and the marathoning and her running career. And it's just something that, you know, you've got to build success. It's, got, it's built on failure and you got to go for it. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. Sarah also said that we can be an instant gratification culture, but I've had to cultivate a long-term approach to my career. I figured out figured as long as I could keep working on my craft, chipping away, finding joy in the mundane, and then and then that had to be enough. And that's definitely true. That's why I'm going to be heading out just now in a few minutes. It's like, you know, 6.40. I kind of slept in a little bit this morning. But I'll go out and get my miles in uh, for my little bit of last-minute taper for my six days in the home. And who knows how that will go. But you know what? I, you know, I often tell my athletes, you know, you've got to learn to enjoy the process you know, not just look for the results, enjoy the process. Tony Rivas, who's a great commentator in endurance events, especially marathons, he said after the marathon project, an interesting question that may have been, may be answered in the pandemic year of 2020 is whether running can stand on its own as a sport rather than as a civic tale of mass participation where charity fundraising, economic impact, and human interest stories make up the heart of the enterprise with a pro race merely an appendage leading the way. Can a simple race hold people's attention? And, you know, and last week, you know, you had the Marathon Project and plenty of people were watching it, but it was probably just mainly running nerds. And, you know, interesting to see, does the public care or interested in um, racing, you know, road racing in general? Or, you know, do you have to have all the other things, which are fine, but here in the United States especially, you know, the mass participation with the charity aspect and bringing in money to the communities i mean that's a reason why you know boston la new york all these chicago all have these races i mean like la marathon is twenty five thousand people at 200 bucks a pop you know that's bringing in a big chunk of change so it's an interesting interesting question and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future once hopefully all this ends kind of amusing that uh Hasn't rained in months here in Bakersfield, and it's drizzling now. And tomorrow's a 90% chance of rain on day one of six days in the home. 
I mean, of course, Scott up in Canada is doing his whole thing on a treadmill. I can do it outdoors and was looking forward to doing it outdoors and not on a treadmill. Uh, Bakersfield weather is very much like Phoenix weather where I did across the years many times. And of course, in Phoenix, occasionally it did rain, but man, they get typhoon-like rain. Comes down really hard. We just get this spitting kind of stuff. So hopefully it's starting today and maybe won't be happening tomorrow, but we shall see. Ironically, the only other race that I traveled to this year, Vegas, just went up there. I was supposed to do the 12-hour. I just went and did half marathon and called it a day. That was my goal right from the start. Um, just didn't really feel like doing 12 hours, but as I was driving out of Vegas and it started pouring rain. So when I have a race, it seems to want to rain, which is odd, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Well, it's a Southern California Chamber of Commerce kind of afternoon. Nice sunny day. It's almost 60 out. Just got done with a little light walk with the weasel. Milo himself wanted to go along. He's definitely a fair weather dog. He likes to go walking when the weather's between 50 and 70 degrees, which is a few months every year here. So seven years ago, I had just got into Phoenix on a day much like this for my first official six-day race, which I've talked about on my uh, Six Days with Giannis Kuros, which hopefully I'll be doing another episode soon. And so I'm just uh, kind of hemming and hawing here, not really sure what we're going to do with the six days in the home. I just sent an email out to people. Hopefully we'll be able to put our results up on Run Sign Up, like I've done with other races like the Race Across Tennessee and some other ones. Uh, they don't really explain it too well. Um, got the little aches and pains that you always get when you're tapering. I always call them like phantom injuries come popping up. So my legs are achy and don't feel so well. Not really sure if I'm ready for the whole six days. A couple other athletes in the race reached out to me and feel nervous as well. I really wish I was doing it with people somewhere. Um, like I said, seven years ago, I headed out and did the race across the race across the years. And then of course, last year I was a snowdrop 55. This year, the first 55 hours, I'm gonna do that. So do some miles for 55 hours, submit them, and then start doing my six day. Um, at least get a hundred miles for the six days and then who knows what I'm gonna do after that. It's all kind of a big old head game and should be an interesting time. It's supposed to rain tomorrow, which you know, it hasn't rained in months as I talked about this morning. And then tomorrow is like a 90% chance of rain. Of course, Bakersfield, we don't really have rain. It's just a little light drizzle. So it should be interesting. And I will be talking to you guys throughout the event and hopefully I will reach some of my goals and not have a complete flame up like I did in 2019. Saw this tweet from Craig McMillan. It says, the five S's of sports training are stamina, speed, strength, skill, and spirit. But the greatest of these is spirit. And uh, he quote, attributes it to Ken Doherty. Not sure which Ken Doherty he means. So I looked up Ken Doherty on Google. And the first one that comes up is a snooker player, which is kind of like a form of pool. So he's a professional Irish snooker player. Hmm, who knew? We all know that the internet does read our minds because it's reading all of our texts and emails. I mean, if you ever want to buy something, just Google it. And next thing you know, you'll get plenty of ads for it. And then also some good discounts and stuff. But it's interesting. You know, I'm often talking about walking and running and walking versus running and my whole Shakespeare to run or not to run. That is the question. And then, of course, on Twitter, I follow a number. I only follow about 30 different uh, groups and organizations and people and uh, one of my followers was Podium Runner and wow they popped up 
and uh, had an article about a case for minutes instead of miles when you run. And I really am an advocate of that. Um, I follow training programs and the training programs I post on training peaks with my athletes are always based on minutes because minutes are something that, you know, you can take into account for. So here in Bakersfield, when it's hundred degrees, you know, minutes in the summer are different than minutes in the winter, you know, not different, but I meant like, if I say, Oh, go out and do five miles and it's 105 out, that's a lot different than like today when it's 55 out. So doing minutes is a much better way to train. And as you get fitter and fitter, you end up doing more miles to begin with. And I wish that like, a lot of articles when they write about elite athletes, I wish they'd quit putting, you know, he does 100, 120 miles a week because you hear that and you think, oh, I could never do that. But it's also because you, you don't have that much time. I mean, I used to do 100 mile weeks and it, you know, took me 30 hours at three miles an hour. But, you know, these elite guys, you know, when they're running, say, nine miles an hour on easy days, so they say they're doing six minute miles, 10 miles an hour. You know, they get 100 miles in, in 10 hours a week. And 10 hours a week, if you're a professional athlete, shouldn't be that much compared to a lot of other sports, you know, cycling, triathlon, and stuff like that. So minutes are a great way to train, and you should definitely check that article out. It is a members-only article on Podium Runner, but basically that's the, uh, the, the theme of it is you can just control. Because the problem, too, is when you run by um, mileage, you tend to want to always race your um, workouts all the time, you know, like, oh, what did I do yesterday in my five mile or 10K? And so you sometimes on your easy days are not going as hard, uh, going too hard and vice versa. Interesting throughout the years, I've been coaching, started coaching high school in 2006 and coaching adults in 2009. And almost all my athletes, if I did have them do a, a, a out and back timed of thing, you know, they would go out and I say, I do a two hour run and they go out you know, for an hour and then turn around and come back. And, you know, the idea is to come back quicker. And all of them (laughs) would do the workout the way it was. But then my oldest son, who started running with me in his freshman year in high school, the summer before his freshman year, and he made the varsity squad off and on his freshman year. It was full on the varsity senior year. I mean, sophomore year. But he um, (laughs) takes everything very literally, as I've spoken before. You know, he's uh, Aspergy. And he, so I sent him out to, I said, okay, do two hours. And and comes back in 90 minutes. And I was thinking, okay, that was kind of crazy. And what it was is he walked out an hour and then ran home, <laughs> which wasn't really the point of the uh, the workout. But uh, he's one of the few people I would say, oh, go do 12 miles. And that way I know he'd go out six and then come back six. So it's kind of an interesting take on that whole thing. <laughs>